We are pleased to announce that the service from Praxiscast delayed by approximately 200 hours due to staff shortages, which is now fixed, is now approaching. We apologize for the inconvenience caused. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Practice. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And, and that's that's it from normal cast. Um, everyone else is either on holiday or dying. So um, rip, rip Alistair and get well soon, Rob. Um, yeah, uh, to, to plug the gap though, to, to plug the labour shortage that we have, we've, um, we've scabbed in another podcast. Uh, so... Uh, here to join us is uh, two of the three of Will There's Your Problem, Liam and Roz. Hi. Oh, I'm oh. Liam. That's Roz. <laughs> hi. hi. It, it's Roz. Uh, my, my pronouns are he and him. Uh, yay, oh, my Liam. My pronouns are also he and him. Yeah. yeah my pronouns okay. are fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my pronouns <laughs> are fuck. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for having us back. Yes, thanks for having, Sorry. Us, having us back. I, I enjoy doing this podcast <laughs> yeah me too well uh you know third time returning champions so we'll need to come up with something even better than a challenge coin to give you i don't know any any suggestions jamie challenge banknote i don't know uh give us a bumper sticker yeah oh Ooh, the bumper bump- sticker would be good yeah bump sticker would be good we can you do those in t-mill jamie i don't know i didn't know there was going to be questions <laughs> well, we're, I, that's how I feel most days. Well, you're in your bad news, then, uh, Liam, because we're we're actually going to ask you questions later. Um, cause, Fuck me! All right. Yeah, yeah. No, we we brought you on because well, basically we were sitting over here about a month ago, and we noticed this ominous mushroom cloud kind of emanating from the US and casting a shadow. And oh, we were like, sorry. Yeah, our bad. Yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, oh, well, I wonder what that is. And I said to David, hey, maybe we should get Liam and Ros on to kind of explain. And he's like, I'm sure it won't still be relevant like a month from now. And uh, uh-huh. dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me and my optimism. What yep. a prick. <laughs> In a rare moment of optimism from our David. Um, but before we get to that, we thought, you know, it's only fair. Um, it's been a while. We thought maybe we'd do some news nuggets and just kind of check in on how the, the UK is going, just for comparison, basically, because it would be kind of churlish of us to ask you guys to explain, you know, all the all the woes befalling certain parts of the US if we didn't first kind of tell you just how rubbish things are here. So, Spoiler, uh, by the way, it is unfortunately still going. Yeah. The, the UK is unfortunately still a going concern. So, yeah, uh, I was about bummer. to say. I mean, I, I, at some point, we just we we just need to absorb you guys into the United States. I think that yeah. that's that's the only Special way forward. Special partnership, baby. Yes, with benevolent dictator for life, Tony Blair. For some reason, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, like just honestly, marry um, just marry Baron Trump into the, the royal family. I got to say, it like, wouldn't you know, be much kinda... It's kind of like grandparents moving in with their grandkids kind of vibe, you know? It's like they get old and senile and can't look after themselves and, you know, they end up kind of stuck in like a granny flat, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 
I mean, I guess there are, are worse ways for the largest empire in the history of the world at one point to, to die, but you guys already had the Suez Crisis and ate shit then, so <laughs> we're just we're just scooping you up now. Yeah. Continuing don't to learn eat, lessons. Yeah, no, no lessons learning, continuing to eat shit across the decades. And honestly, like having a place to stay would be kind of welcome right now, because uh, true story, I found out yesterday my landlord is, uh, you know, evicting me. I am, uh, I'm going to have cool. to go. Yeah, oh, it's fun. always fun. Yeah, she's she's claiming poverty, uh, which means she can evict me and she's going to sell the flat. Um, so I've been I've been looking at the UK housing market. So I thought we'd start off tonight topically by supporting housing providers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, so like you know, UK housing market. Um, I figured I'd look into it because you know suddenly very topical and relevant. And after you know, I've been trying for a few days now because I kind of saw this coming. To be honest, I've been trying to get trying to get a flat to rent in where I live that, uh, you know, that will allow pets because I've got two elderly, very well-behaved cats. And uh, ironically, my landlord um, is very happy with them and is happy to write a letter of recommendation for me and my cats, which just tells you how fucked things are. But I cannot... Jesus Christ. Yeah. I cannot find anywhere within, like, you know, uh, 20 miles of where I am that will rent and allow pets. I just can't find it anywhere. Um, so that's that's looking fun. Um, and so I thought, well, why, why is this the case? And so it turns out, wouldn't you know it, UK value of housing stock hit a record high of $8.7 trillion in 2002. The market is just what? going up and up and up, despite everything else going to complete shit. Um, and they're, they're, they're estimating that maybe, maybe it'll come down sort of this year, perhaps. But, uh, you know, what could possibly be, you know, driving this? Turns out that... In England, and presumably in Scotland and, you know, the other parts of the UK as well, um, we've hit the record low since World War II of new houses being built. So uh, that that bubble is just going to continue to inflate, baby. Uh, it's wonderful. So yeah, No downsides? No, well, none also, whatsoever. Also, you're not allowed pets no. because it's a slippery slope. If, if the landlord lets you bring in pets, what's next? Furniture? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You eat know. on the floor. Do what I did in my first apartment. Yeah. Coward. You're gonna bring. You're gonna, you're gonna bring in cats. What else are you gonna bring in? Bigger cats. Yeah. A leopard. An elephant. <laughs> try, maybe. Try to, yeah, I, try to wraggle a jaguar in. <laughs> Come on, muffins. Come on, muffins. No, no muffins. Oh, he's a sweetie. <laughs> I, I was One minute you're on Zoopla, the next minute you're terrorising the parks of fucking South Ayrshire <laughs> with the, the, the South Ayrshire fucking panther that only one person has ever seen. I mean, you'd think with a name like Zoopla, they'd be happy with pets, but sadly not, you know. Um, but yeah, so... Bastard. It's, 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 it's a bit rough. It's not great. Um, but on the other hand, I've been looking at this and thinking, it's a good thing I've only got cats, because for our second little news nugget... So, uh, you know, we've hit the lowest level of housing availability since World War II, new houses aren't being built. Um, it's a good thing it's only cats, because some parents in England, by which we mean a staggering ma uh, majority, are spending up to 80% of their pay on childcare. So, uh... Dude, childcare is fucking unbelievably expensive anywhere. It 80% doesn't even seem crazy to me. Like, it does seem crazy as, like, a number, yeah. but I believe it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I will yeah. wait to hear the government's uh, incredible proposed solution to this problem. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, the kids should probably be paying their own way. That's, you know, they, they, they yeah, should re-legalize child yeah. labor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get, the, get them down in mind. Which I'm going to bet is the actual yeah. suggestion. No, it's better than that, actually. Oh. 
they are suggesting student-style loans to help solve the childcare crisis. Get fucked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, do, do you have the thing where, like we have in the United States, where student loans aren't dischargeable in personal bankruptcy? Thanks, Joe Biden. It's, so I actually looked into this a while ago out of curiosity, and the answer is it's complicated. And for all of you know, intents and purposes, probably some of it is dischargeable if you can prove genuine, like, you know, distress and inability to repay. Otherwise, actually, our debt discharge laws are worse than the U.S. Oh, like, my uh, God. Like, <laughs> they didn't introduce those particular protections because in the U.K., getting rid of debt is actually very hard, um, generally. So, yeah, no, it actually it ends up being about the same difficulty discharge student debt in the U.K. as the U.S.A., um, just because in the U.K., all debt is non-dischargeable unless you can prove genuine poverty, and that's the criteria. Yeah, there's for no, um, loans. there's no debtors prison, but what we do is we just transform the landscape into the debtors panopticon, and yeah. that's where you live now. Yeah, I've got a fun, okay, so. a f- fun story about my student loans that I think I might have mentioned before on the pod. I'm not sure, but I um I took out like a couple of student loans uh in the nineties, like mm-hmm. just before Blair came in and introduced tuition fees. Good timing. And um, when I went to, I didn't, I didn't get a degree, obviously, because look at the fucking state of me. But then when I tried to uh, <laughs> do distance learning a couple of years back, I got a, I got a loan for the first year of the co- of the degree. But then when I tried to get a loan for the second year of the degree, they decided suddenly the policy of student loans had changed, and I wasn't allowed to get any more student loans until I'd paid off the ones from the nineties which weren't right. even held by the student loan company anymore. They'd been sold to like a, a private company. So, so clearly, whichever company bought them has a friend in the, the government who just decided, no, do you know what? The, the, the government like the, the government body won't give you any more loans until you've paid my mate off for something <laughs> he bought on the cheap. Like a fucking loan shark. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I had, I'm pretty sure it was student loan debt. There was a bailiff showed up at my door. Well, three of them actually, um, a little over a week ago. I was mid-meeting with my job. And there's an angry knock at the door, and I was like, oh, please excuse me. And I go out into the door, and there's three guys in stab-proof vests looking very, like, you know, <laughs> arms folded, like, you know, half shouting when they kind of introduce. And they were looking, I shit you not, Jamie, this is true. They were looking for a guy named Jamie, who was a former, like, tenant here. And uh, unfortunately, obviously, I'm called James. So I'm like, no, I'm sorry, mate, you're looking for a former tenant. Who are you? And I'm like, oh, my name's James. And he's like, oh, James and Jamie, do you got any ID? And I'm like, okay, calm down, mate. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> Uh, I had you got a license for that? I'm helping you, dickhead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is some like like North Korea shit right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off with that, yeah. man. You, you, got got you got any documents to prove this negative? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but we, we get we get fucking TD license inspectors will come and hassle you on the door, but you can tell them to fuck off, so it's okay. Um, Anyway, end of the story is when I brought the passport. Fucking ridiculous out, country. I'm sorry. Oh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're about a third of the way through the stories I've got for you guys, so you know, strap in. Um, but yeah, I brought the passport out, and as soon as we saw that, they actually relaxed a bit, and then we were all smiley and friendly, and I'm standing there going, "Your bailiffs, fuck off! I'm not going to joke with you. Get lost." So, uh, so yeah, fun, normal time. But you're yeah. innocent, and they're basically yeah. cops. I love to have. I love to have like a fucking crew from the uh, Weatherspoons Matrix turn up at my door demand to see my passport. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I can't say the name of the person, but whoever you know, the Jamie was who was here before. I hope you continue to outrun them, mate. It was me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty well. Okay. 
He's, the, the guy had a really cool last name. Can we can we just like you know like bleep this? But his last name was Doctor Knife Gun MD. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like, I that. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. That's a fraud name. <laughs> well. Yeah. That's a do. That's a guy doing crimes. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> little, little bit of money laundering, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit, just a like a little, a little taste, a little, just a little, a little tiny bit. You know, we all do it. Uh, who, and who was the guy that knocked on the door looking for him? Was that Bailiff McCool? <laughs> I mean, he, he probably. Thought you guys he was. aren't gonna believe this as I'm being beaten with batons, but I have a great proposition for a buddy comedy. <laughs> <laughs> One of them did have a, a fucking pair of shades in his pocket on his like breast, oh. like next to the stab vest. So. Christ Almighty! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will point Jesus. out, this is in this is in Scotland in March, so you know he's not going to let you sell them. Um, so very, very occasionally, I'll drive Corinne to work uh, when she doesn't take the subway and she needs to be in early, or she, you know, got dropped off at a weird time, or the because the L is fucked. The our subway mm. uh, is fucked in Philly. And the route we take goes down uh, near the fuck. Do I have a work? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, go, goes down past uh, the the sort of secondary police headquarters, and every morning we see cops and Crin just boos them out of the window yes. and gives them thumbs down <laughs> Praxis. to like make their days like five percent worse. Love it. Over here, under our new legislation, you'd probably get locked up for that, to be honest. But hey. So, um, well, I mean, you know, to, to carry on with our story of, of horrors here, um, for people who for people who can't afford, you know, childcare and can't afford families full stop, things have been getting worse as well because the Department for Work and Pensions, and there's an ominous name for you, um, is having universal credit claimants, i.e. anyone who needs benefits of any kind, their new policy is they're going to attend meetings up to 10 times in a fortnight every two weeks. Um, they've got to go down to the office, you know, at least 10 times within a two week period. Uh, and anyone who, you know, is late for a meeting or doesn't attend a meeting can be sanctioned, which is to say have their benefits just like turned off for a period of time, escalating to just cancelled entirely. It's fucking public assistance, not AA. Get the fuck out of here. In Pennsylvania, they do this shit where you have to be actively applying for work mm -hmm. with like and and everyone knows it's a fucking joke and it's just like i so i i i, I have not gotten to tell this rant but i'm going to now because the unemployment so okay i was laid off uh right before the pandemic started and i got a job sort of in the pandemic and uh ended up being cut um and I went to apply for, for unemployment insurance, UI, in Pennsylvania, which I'm fucking entitled to, by the way, legally. Yes. And they made me upload a picture of my driver's license. Then they made me do, like, a facial scan to, like, prove it wasn't fraud. And I, a person with a computer science minor, like had some trouble with the instructions. And I was just like, <laughs> if I'm a poor dude in York fucking County and I don't own a smartphone, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Perish? It's just, just get, yeah, exactly. Just give fucking poor people, like, I don't care. Like, what, we need another F-35 that doesn't fly upside down in the rain? No, we fucking yeah. don't. <laughs> people don't need to go to fucking meetings. Just give them money. Give them $600. Give them 20 bucks for the bar and say, here, here's $620. 20 of that is for the bar. Go have a good day. I'm like it, it just it just what the fuck do you need to go to meetings for like they need to tell you oh yeah you're unemployed like suck the poop out of my butt like what <laughs> the fuck is that what is the possible fucking benefit of that pretty much like yeah. it, it, it is yeah. pretty much that 
Um, it's just it's just to give jobs worth something to do. Yeah, and it's yeah. to it's to sanction them. It's so that if they if they're late for a meeting or they miss a meeting, or if you go to a meeting which they haven't scheduled, or for example, um, they cancel a meeting but don't tell you and then uncancel it. All of these are reasons that people can get temporarily sanctioned unless they can prove that they are, uh, you know, were there with intent to actually attend the meeting. It's like it's real kind of you know Kafkaesque bullshit, essentially. That's just that's what? just fucking. What are do they, good or bullshit nonsense. What do they talk we'll about at these meetings? What, like, no, what do you do at the meeting? Nothing. Call, like, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You go in, they ask you, have you been, like, you know, have you been looking for work? You go, yes. They go, have you been doing any kind of, like, incredible fraud? And you say no. And they go, oh, okay, all right, well, we'll see you, like, in two days' time or a week yeah, or and- whatever. Fuck oh, off. And your experience of it depends very much on what whether the person who's actually talking to you likes you or not. Yeah. Like, I've been quite fortunate that when I've, you know, when I've had to in the past and I've gone along to these things when I've been unemployed, you know, I turn up in a suit and, you know, um, I'm always very polite and I'm very white and I'm on time. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's it gets me it gets me through. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, clear, you're clearly one of the good ones, so to speak. So we'll just give you the minimum fuss. Um, but I've had, like, friends and others who've turned up being perfectly reasonable, um, many of them are well dressed and all the rest of it, and the person they've got just doesn't like them, and that's it. If if the person you're meant to be having these meeting with doesn't like you, uh, yeah, you're screwed. Basically, yeah. I had a um, awesome. I had a work coach once who thought my email address was hilarious, and so I basically got away with murder the entire time she was my work coach because every time every time I went in and she looked up my file, she went, "Oh, that email address makes me laugh every," t-. and I could just like you know what I mean, skate by. And then the next, the next worst co- work coach I had after that made me make a more professional sounding email address. <laughs> oh my god! Eat shit! Oh god! Eat shit! I don't like that. But I mean, like that's the, um, ridiculous. When when my partner has to go in, she had like she went in because they changed the rules. It used to be that I could claim like for both of us, and and I was the only one that got harassed. But with Universal Credit arrived. You have to um, both have to have a joint claim so they can harass you individually. And when she went into her first meeting, the the woman that assigned her as a work coach just bullied the shit out of her. So she came she came home in tears. Um, and then from that point on, I went in to the meetings with her, and the woman completely changed. Like her attitude was completely different, just purely yep. purely because, like you know, oh, there's a guy. There was a witness. I, I, yeah. a, a witness but also i got the impression that because like you know i was there to keep an eye on on my partner you know like all oh, the man's here so she just she's just a silly woman she'd just like you know Fuck what I mean? Off. now she's got right. a man here to, to keep her keep her straight like we'll, we'll not need to be as harsh yeah yeah i have that experience with corinne in like doctor's appointments shit like that yeah. where oh, yeah. i i don't know what you look like i'm benefited from the fact that i'm six one i'm and i'm a, a wide boy yeah, I'm, uh, I'm but it just tall, like yeah, yeah. It just that that sort of thing. Doctors' appointments, going into fucking even like the DMV, and just watching the transformation from oh, like you know, you're a stupid, silly woman here by yourself to like oh, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, I think they are quite threatened by the fact that I I also look like I might do some appalling act of violence at any time. <laughs> uh, I I try my best to sort of look like the Unabomber at any given point. Uh, <laughs> Oh, anarchist solidarity going down here. Fantastic. Love yeah. it. Well, um, yeah, no, it's That's, it's that's pretty... not even the only... That's not the only change they're doing in the valley because they're, they're talking about getting rid of the fucking... 
work capability assessment and transferring it into some other somehow more maniacal bad way. Oh shit, I don't know about this. Genuinely, I've not got this in mind. Yeah, so they're intending on skipping out the work capability assessment if you're on universal credit. Sounds uh-huh. good. Um, so you'll only get that level of um, extra money for the, the kind of disability side of things if you succumb to the same thing, but for PIP instead. What, personal independent payments? Yep. Wonderful. Yep. Absolutely so, wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rolling your, your two miserable um, work capability assessments into one, but they're also making it like much more dependent on how much money you'll lose out by not getting it. We have uh, some some especially heinous rules if you're on uh, uh, SSRI, not SSRI, I can't remember what it's called, Social Security Disability Insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad did this for many years before Joe Biden fucking ruined everything. Um, where if you have a certain uh, amount of, a- you can't have a certain amount of, of assets, and if you get married, essentially you get penalized, uh, because then your, your income or assets is basically automatically over the limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's designed to keep poor people poor. They don't give a fuck. Uh, here's a, they should have a nice time. That's all I can say. We're not being hosted on our podcast, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah all, all I can say is I think we've learned a valuable lesson about navigating the welfare system of any country, which is be more physically intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want, uh, shoot me a DM. I'm available. Uh, you're paying for my snacks, but I can pay for airfare. <laughs> I I am the state's accountability buddy. Account- yes, <laughs> love it. Well, just before we sub- move on as well, just sorry, just before we move on, I just want to point out that change to the the work capability assessment. In case I've just said that, and anyone starts to fucking flap and panic about it, is not being put through anything until the next parliament. Apparently, so wait and see what happens with that. But they are like talking about it. It was announced in the budget. Yeah, just don't it, want anyone like absolutely shitting their fucking yeah. pants over something I've said there. I just realised like, oh, that's maybe not as urgent that I should have maybe said it. <laughs> okay, actually, in in fairness, then David, I'll I'll do the same. So the thing I've just mentioned is being trialed now, but it hasn't been fully rolled out yet. But you know, it's on the cards. So uh, steal yourselves, yeah. brace for impact, everyone. Um, but you know what, uh, Liam, on the subject of people who are looking to come to the UK, so obviously things not looking so sharp, but we still have people coming over here to seek asylum which is fairly reasonable, you know, if you're coming from Syria or, you know, somewhere else that's in a bad way, you've UK might Coming be over here, seeking our asylum. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we thought, and maybe tell you a little bit about what our home office is up to, because um, they handle all the immigration, etc. So, uh, Suella Braveman, um, who is the Home Secretary, has been banging on lately about the asylum system, and the government wants new powers um, to deal with this flood of immigrants we've got coming in, you know? Yeah, um, a small boat. Yeah, you know, we need <laughs> yeah. to... We very much need to, like Australia, stop the boats. And so what we've decided they want to do is the government wants to have significant new powers to detain and deport people as they come over. And the Home Secretary wants detention of illegal removals. So if, you are, if you're here illegally and they decide that you're going to be removed, then they will lock you up right away so they can then deport you easily. No bail and no judicial review either on these. Um, they also want to impose a legal duty to remove on local authorities and others, so that if someone is decided they can't stay here, then like immediately clap them in irons, essentially, and they must be removed. They want uh, appeals to be significantly curtailed, and to really cap it all off, they want to write in a little exception so this small act called the Modern Slavery Act won't apply to people who are seeking asylum here. I'm sorry, what? No, fucking back that up. What? <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, the Modern I, I Slavery think... Act is supposed to like prevent modern slavery. It's not slavery? like a, 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 let's do it. Um, yeah. So but, if you yeah, so if you come here, if you come to your shithole decaying country, uh-huh. sorry, yes. not at all. It's uh, fair. We're hundred percent on board. Yeah, illegally, the legal protections I assume afforded you. Yeah, by the oh. Modern Slavery Act, do not apply to you. That's yeah. right. Yes, uh, surely burn with your entire truth. country to the fucking ground. Burn it. Burn it. All of it. Every single fucking now, spare inch now, of grass. Burn it. Now, now, surely with improved technology, this this modern slavery is much better than the old type of slavery, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You only have to carry. You only have to carry an, a, an air tag, uh, which then zaps you with thirty thousand volts. <laughs> nah, yeah, it's, it's, it's much, fucking terrific. It's much simpler than that. You just get like a phone with like Uber or WhatsApp on it, um, and you know you just constantly harassed by a manager from afar. Yeah. <laughs> in, in all in all seriousness, no. What this basically means is, say you're trafficked over here if they uh if they catch you um as being like you know not not here legally then um tough luck you'd get no protections for being enslaved and for coming here pretty much against your will um you know they just all the protections that should be afforded you will no longer apply that's what the government wants so that is so fucking evil i i genuinely am having trouble processing that yeah that is that is heinous Mm -hmm. yeah what the fuck are you supposed to do if you're a kid? Yeah. You're fucked. I mean, kids get trafficked. It's a thing yeah. that happens. Oh, like, yeah. What the fuck are you supposed to do? You're nine years old and you're like thrown in the back of a truck. What the fuck are you supposed to do? What 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 the what the fuck kind of country is this? There was a thing a few weeks back where it turned out because um, when people are like people come across to claim asylum, they get sent to like hotels. Um, oh, yeah. And there was okay. a thing a few weeks back where it turned out like gangs had just been collecting kids from outside the hotels and vanishing them. And nobody at the home office had done anything about it. Wow. That I, so I, I will say, uh, and I'm sorry for interrupting so much. I, uh, I, I don't really get angry anymore. I, or I sort of look at this with like a bleak sort of Roz's Joker laugh when yeah. bad things happen. <laughs> but like, I, I, for the first time in a long time, just want to throw my monitor on the ground and just fucking scream. Like that's, yeah, that that's that's and this is not an exaggeration. I'm not using this as hyperbole. Nazi shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We gotta we gotta annex the UK. We're gonna do it. We're putting four like, new stars on the flag. You, we <laughs> save you, and this is how you repay us. Yeah. Like, and you're not saying anything we don't know. This is the sad thing about it. Right, like, of course. this country has gone incredibly fascist very quickly. So, uh, so yeah. So that's all. That's all winding its way. You know, currently through Parliament, and it's going to pass if it hasn't completely. I think it's on the third reading now. I could be out of date on this. Oh, it, you can understand I mean, it's, that it's almost certain to pass because Labour won't oppose it. Oh yeah, well, Labour Labour yeah, do press yeah, yeah. conferences about like, oh yeah, it's terrible, it's a disgrace. Like our, our national image is at stake here. We're, we're doing this like horrendous Nazi shit, but only because like we Gary Lineker said so first. Yeah, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't change anything. They would do the same thing. They would just like you know like finesse the pr a bit better right the detention centers would have uh, a sensory room right yeah, yeah. well speaking uh, they, would, they would hire more female guards if you will yeah well would ask your guys... pronouns before they deported you yeah well no yeah. actually they wouldn't do that but i tell you what i tell you what um it's funny you guys should mention pr and detention centers because on this topic uh the home secretary has recently been photographed in rwanda 
um, at the construction site. Oh, I saw this photo. Yeah, she's been con- uh, photographed in Rwanda at the construction site for the new internment camps where we'll be shipping asylum seekers and illegal entrants. Are we allowed, are we allowed to call them internment camps and not fun zones? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to check with a libel lawyer. But what I can say is that she was photoed uh, oh, laughing uproariously, jubilantly. Yeah, yes, um, in front of like these this camp being built. Um, and yeah, so you know that's great. We're, anyone who comes over, we're going to in the first instance deport them to Rwanda. Um, and never mind the fact that Rwanda is like anti-gay and has like all these huge problems um, with safety, where you might feasibly get an asylum seeker from Rwanda wanting to come to the UK. Doesn't matter. We'd ship them to Rwanda, then their claim would be heard there, and only if they were somehow, you know, while being held in confinement in Rwanda, able to, you know, make their case, would they then be allowed to come to the UK? Just absolutely. we're doing that shit with uh, Mexico, and it's fucking heinous. Oh yeah, applying for asylum is a human right. Like. Yeah. I like I said I I I I just I don't understand. I'm not often this kind of person, you know, especially in the United States with politics, but like there is still some part of me that believes like you will have to like you have to answer at least for decency. Like there's some sort of baseline human decency you have to do. Mm-hmm. And like seeing this is just like I don't really believe in a god, but like I hope that there is one just so you're sent to the eternal gates of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I just I can't fucking believe this shit. Um, this is well, Jesus t- fuck. T- to make you feel better, like our our No. <laughs> our, our parliamentary, you know, our House of Commons may be terrible, but we have a House of Lords, a non-elected chamber, right? which is meant to act as like checks and balances. And um, so to maybe help contextualize this, would you be surprised to know that it recently came out that there's a secret House of Lords circle shown to be working with the far right um, in a coordinated and structured way to change... I didn't know there was a secret one. Huh. Yeah. No, ah, wow. Who, Who would have thunk? Yeah. No, there's thunk 776 it? in the House of Lords. <laughs> that's, that's too many that's fucking people. That's it used to be. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah, 740 of those people need to have a nice time. And I it's think such a, it's such a good system though because like if 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 you some if the House of Lords somehow looked like it was going to oppose the government, there's nothing stopping the prime minister from just adding another 600 lords that were on his Which side. Which is objectively pretty funny. Yeah. Plus the plus the House of Commons <laughs> can just override them, you know. Uh, it takes a little yeah. bit, but they can just go no. Um, but I mean, still, you know, they've been doing solid good work for fascists in there because there's been a group called, and I really am not making this up, the New Issues Group, the acronym for which I'm 100% convinced is intentional. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They um they basically have been working through Ooh. the House of Lords, um, coordinating like with far right speakers and various others. Um, coordinating statements in the House of Lords, getting questions raised, um, doing reviews of bills, you know. So, like, basically their WhatsApp logs were uh, leaked and we all got a look, you know, behind the curtain to realise they've been at this for years. Um, And it's just... You think the government might fall over if WhatsApp turned off for a week? Every time time we hear about, like, the the most heinous shit imaginable going on, it's always through WhatsApp. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, so we've got Malcolm Pearson, who kind of looks like a parody of a Nazi. And then we've got Baroness Cox, who I assume was raised from the dead at some point. <laughs> I, she, that lady, like, I don't want to be sexist, but that lady is fucking haggard. Yes. They're, they're all extraordinarily normal, frankly. Being uh, crypt kept will do that to you. Yeah, I, there's some sort of... 
You know those like reanimation tanks they have in Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's that's sort of what we got going on here. Am I am I off base in that? No, not entirely wrong. Like we don't know what the like we don't know what the UK equivalent of adrenochrome is, but they're definitely getting it. You know, they oh, they're they harvesting get, they it. Whatever get, the they, fuck it is, they're harvesting it. They they don't get the good supply over there. We got the good supply in the states. Um, you know, you 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 get like the seconds. I think you know. Yeah, not a, yeah. not enough of our pizza restaurants have basements. <laughs> but yeah no, so just to kind of put it in it's actually got an international component a surprise because among an array of conservative party mps aristocrats bishops businessmen and journalists were high profile far-right figures including Geert wilders from the netherlands tommy robinson from here and u.s anti-islam activist pamela geller so uh oh you want to you want a face that's been pickled pamela geller she's she's a good one so yeah, this this shit's got international reach. Um, you know, it's not, it's not the best. But I mean, at least, look at it this way. If the far right, if the Nazis are taking over the UK, at least our trains will run on time. Um, and in particular, we've got uh, an HS... That's an urban myth. Well... It was actually not... The, 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 the train schedules were not very good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm loving you guys immediately picking, picking up the bait I put down without giving me time to finish the gag. It's so good. Um, but we, we have this thing called um, HS2, which is meant to be this big expansion of a rail line over here, um, which is meant to basically connect London to the north of England properly. I mean, north of England being, you know, probably among the most deprived areas of the UK. Um, but wouldn't you know it, it's been delayed another two years. And not only has it been delayed, but the scale of it has been cut. They've cut back funding and said, oh, actually, you know, those, those stops we were going to build, we're just not going to build them. We're not going to connect the cities in the north. We're just going to connect London to the little bit like Birmingham, etc., that we want to connect to. But it gets even better because a new thing's come out this week to say that uh, it's being used to screw over Wales. And this is hysterical. So in the UK, if money is spent just on England, then Scotland and Wales get a proportion of it to kind of top them up so that, in theory, it's called the Barrett formula, um, in theory, they don't fall behind, right? Um, and so what the UK government have done is they have claimed that this trail, you know, this trail of uh, train tracks that they're supposed to be building, um, which explicitly is only in, like, England, they've claimed that it will benefit Wales as well. And so they don't need to give Wales any money for building this in England. Oh my God! I I, I mean, maybe in the original scope that could have been true, but the no. way this thing is no, been it scaled wasn't. back so much, <laughs> you know. Well, he, it, it, just wait for the um, the government project Singularity when they they decide that HS two is just going to be a single Ajax. It's going to be one train that runs once a day. Once a, not even once a day, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, three times a week. Three times a week. You know how it goes. That's right. But uh, the lovely thing about it is apparently HS2 never went anywhere near Wales at all. They've just claimed it. They said, oh, it'll have economic benefit for Wales. And that means we don't need to give Wales £5 billion. So, uh, yeah, fun. All good. Um, we can't even do the trains right over here. So... Yeah, I, I, you could make an argument that maybe by alleviating traffic on a West Coast main line, you would have some tangential benefit to Wales. But the thing is, they, they have scaled it back so far that most of those benefits are gone. And it's just a, a high-speed train from London to Birmingham and nothing else. <laughs> yep. So Yeah, but what's, what's Wales going to do with five billion quid anyway? They'll just spend it on, like, choirs and, like, mines. <laughs> so... one, pr one prisons, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's your whistle stop tour of the UK. Um, has it has it gotten better since you you last were on and, and heard from us? Or 
I don't know. I I am still I'm still on my uh, the United States needs to annex Britain for uh, humanitarian purposes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if ever there was a regime that needed changed, yeah, we you need <laughs> regime change. <laughs> I mean, we're on like the twentieth oh, anniversary. People cry of... out for freedom. Yeah, yes, we are. We are on like the twentieth anniversary of Iraq. So I'm not suggesting dropping heavy ordnance on London, but you know, I'm not not suggesting it either. So uh, I think it's no. sort of a reverse War of eighteen twelve. You know, yeah, <laughs> we're playing red. Let's go, baby. <laughs> so. Um, speaking of like reverse and bizarro things, um, I, I've been, you know, as I said at the start, we've been hearing some pretty rowdy stuff about what's happening with the trains over there. Um, particularly, like, I heard something where there was like Congress involved and like, you know, there was evil unions and it all just seemed a little bit confusing. So we thought we'd get you guys on tonight to explain to us, just in basic terms, uh, Roz, in a US context, what is a train and how does it work? Okay, so in the United States, trains carry freight. That's like the main the main thing trains do here. They carry freight. There's some passenger trains, especially where I live in the Northeast and in California, some other places, there's some okay to fair passenger service. But most of the country, it's just free. Uh, trains carry freight. They carry a lot of freight. They move it from vaguely near point A to vaguely near point B. Um, and... The freight railroads have been having, you know, they're all privatized. Uh, everything's private. They own the tracks. They own the trains. They own the employees, basically. Um, you know, and they uh, they sort of, um, they've been having some problems recently. <laughs> yeah, so like over here, uh, our track is, I believe, owned by Network Rail. And someone correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, so there's at least nominally a bit of like government involvement. But my understanding is in the United States, all the government involvement is strictly non-benevolent. Um, and I think this led to, like, what, what drew our attention, as I said, was the mushroom-shaped cloud that appeared on February 3rd in this little town called uh, Eastern Palestine, or East Palestine, was it? It's it's actually uh, East Palestine, apparently, because yeah, it's Ohio, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it wrong. Yes. <laughs> was, that, was that near to, like, Glasgow or something like that as well? Or uh, Versailles, Pennsylvania, yes. I think the worst one is uh, Callus in Maine. Yeah. It's uh, spelled like Calais. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Just using the uh, the British tourist in France pronunciation there. Yeah. <laughs> Saying it louder and slower to get your point across. Love it. America did start as Brits abroad, so fair enough. It's true. Man, yeah, the, good bit, the good bits were all German. So I, I I I guess the way you you know you look at uh this East Palestine derailment I I, I guess I I feel like everyone sort of knows what happened at this point it's sort of been in the media for a little bit now but uh, Norfolk Southern uh, which is one of our major railroads our Class One railroads you call them um, one of the four which are Union Pacific Burlington Northern Santa Fe Norfolk Southern and CSX Transportation and Kansas City Southern, but they're they're gonna go away pretty soon. They're being merged into Canadian Pacific. Um, they um they they had this major derailment in the town of East Palestine, Ohio. Um, you know, it was at fairly high speed. It was due to a condition called a hot box, which is an overheated axle, which is one of the oldest problems in railroading. 
um, one of the most solved problems in railroading as well. I was just about uh, to ask that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not something that happens. Uh, it's not something that causes catastrophic derailments anymore. Uh, you know, the, the, this is this is sort of uh, you know you, you look at this problem and you look at how obvious the uh, the problem was and how it happened and you're kind of like this is like cholera or polio came back. You know, um, it's it, this is not a problem that's supposed to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, and yet. Yeah. And yet. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. So, you know, the, uh, the 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 train derailed just on the outskirts of town. It put a bunch of hazmat on the ground, hazardous materials, including uh, a couple tank cars of vinyl chloride, which four days after the derailment occurred, it was still the, the wreck was still burning. The tank cars were heating up. This decision was made to vent off all this dangerous vinyl chloride because, well, that's better than it exploding. Um, and that's what the big, big mushroom cloud was. Uh, so, you know, it was uh, the whole thing looked extremely ugly. It was extremely ugly. There was a lot of uh, nasty chemicals spilled. And then, you know, afterwards, it's kind of like everyone was like, how could this possibly happen? Like, what what, what happened here? How? this is not supposed to happen anymore. You know, this is not like, not like the seventies when this stuff happened every other week. I can only presume with it being vinyl chloride that the net effect of this was just that music got a lot more high fidelity and a lot of like music nerds all moved in that direction and there were no bad problems came out of it. <laughs> Black is fine. Yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the, uh, the horrible, dangerous, toxic. Chemicals. Don't breathe that in. Don't breathe that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I saw, like, some time after it, people going out to their local streams and, like, stirring them with branches and watching what looked like a colors of a rainbow bubbling to the surface and things like this. Yeah, that's and a nest. that's a fish kills, that's a, that was a, it was a pretty big toxic release overall. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're not looking at a, you know, like, something negligible, uh, you know, you're looking at something which is pretty, pretty serious, although... You know, uh, we're we're at the point at this point where most of the environmental re remediation has been done. Um, you know, so it's not like uh, some some people were saying like this is going to render all of Ohio uninhabitable permanently. It already uh, is. But, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, my understanding is like this was a one and done, right? And there's been no comparable events since. Well, what's been interesting has been sort of the media attention to the constant low rumble of derailments, which has, uh, you know, always been present uh, because American railroads have an unusually high tolerance for derailments in general. Um, this is owing to the fact that they are private. Uh, <laughs> did, um, did I see something about how the, the problem was caused by like Civil War era breaking systems? Okay, so this is this is uh, th this is an interesting um, problem here. Um, if if there there was there was an article, there were a few articles that came out saying, you know, why didn't we do this regulation, which uh, would have improved braking systems on trains? Um, what I'm sort of I I, I I read some of the same stuff, and I got a very very different story. Um, so American freight trains, they run on the Westinghouse air brake system. This was invented just after the Civil War. It is very, very reliable. Um, it, it, it is almost entirely fail safe. 
It is, you know, it's a good system. Every single railroad car in the United States uses a Westinghouse air brake, right? And um, there was a regulation that was proposed in 2014-ish that would have said, well, for certain trains carrying hazardous materials, you need to upgrade to this newer braking system. Uh, an electronically controlled pneumatic brake, or ECP, which is basically the same braking system, but it now runs based on a microchip that's on the car and an electrical line that runs down the train. So rather than the signal for braking propagating at the speed of sound, it propagates at the speed of light. This was only for a certain type of train that would be, you know, one of these big unit trains, we call them, where the train is only carrying one type of thing. Um, you know, you would, you would equip all those cars with this new braking system, and theoretically, this would provide you with better performance in braking. Uh, it would provide you with more information about the train more readily, because, um, again, you got the microchip on every single car. Yeah. Um, crucially, it would let you fire uh, a lot of carmen, who are the the people who inspect the car. Uh, this is this is where I deviate from the line. Is that yeah. this was a this was a labor productivity thing. This was not a safety thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't find it. Yeah. It seems difficult to imagine that a private company would want yeah. to implement a change in policy to reduce the amount of labor required. I mean, surely, can you believe it? Uh, yeah, it just seems a bit odd. Surely they'd want to focus on safety first, right? Yeah, well, but this was uh, sort of this system was um, tried in like 2007, 2008, when the railroads were a lot less um, uh, shy about capital investment. You know, they tried to equip a number of trains that were these unit trains, right? So like trains that just carried oil or trains that just carried coal with these ECP brakes. Um, and, uh, they, 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 you know, they sort of gave up on it, uh, largely because the technology didn't work very well. Um, you know, it would do things like, uh, if two trains passed each other, um, there was enough electromagnetic interference that they would both, uh, automatically apply emergency braking. You're sure. Um, yeah, no, it was, I, 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 I read into this and I was like, well, this is not, this sounds like not, not good technology. Um, and what a surprise. Yeah. So the, um, you know, that, that was one of the problems. Another one of the problems is sort of, um, uh, when you're looking at, um, trains that are unit trains, they all carry one sort of thing, you know, your ability to brake quicker, uh, makes a lot of sense. When you look at trains that are mixed trains, such as NS32N that derailed in East Palestine, um, you're a lot more worried about how to stop the train uh, rather than your ability to stop it quickly because the weight distribution is weird. If you slam on the brakes instantly, that may cause the derailment you're trying to prevent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so ECP doesn't really help you very much there. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why the railroad sort of gave up on this technology is we came up with this, this new thing, uh, distributed power, which is where you have, you know, a locomotive at the front of the train, you have a locomotive in the middle of the train, you have a locomotive in the back of the train. Now when I apply the brakes, I'm applying it from three locations at once rather than from the front, so the signal the brake propagates from those different yeah. locations rather than from the front, and you, 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 you can stop the train 
a lot quicker. So this is this is another reason why I'm kind of like, okay, we talk about Civil War era braking systems, which was something that uh, FRA uh, head Sarah Feinberg said back in 2013 or so. Um, that 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 I I I I, I mean. You know, I don't know why these trains are running around on this Stone Age technology called wheels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, the, 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 the ECP thing is a big red herring, um, and it's not used very commonly anywhere in the world. Some of the newest Chinese high-speed trains have it. Um, there's some uh, sort of conveyor belt-style iron ore train operations in Australia that use it, but it's it's there's some... Uh, commuter trains in Britain and use it. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. So if it wasn't, if it wasn't like this Stone Age technology of the wheel which caused the derailment, like what actually caused the derailment then in practical terms? So uh, most directly, uh, you're looking at again. You have a you have a hot box. You have an overheated axle. There's a, there's some bearing failed on the axle. It heated up over the course of its trip from St. Louis to Pittsburgh that was uh, the, the the route the train was going um, and because of the way friction works of course as the train goes faster um, the axle heats up more um, mm -hmm. so you can see on camera the train went through Salem Ohio about 50 miles an hour you can mm -hmm. see on a security camera that the train was on fire Jesus uh, that's about Christ. 20 20 miles uh, west of East Palestine. Um, incredible work, yeah. really. Yeah. So, ordinarily, what's supposed to happen then is that it goes through something called a defect detector. These are trackside sensors. They're about every 20 miles or so. They have a, a, a temperature sensor on them uh, that says, hey, the train's on fire. You should stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, this one did not pick up this very significant defect because yeah. there are you know there are sort of um ways in which these are calibrated uh that would say uh you know it might phone the office and say hey there's a problem on this train uh but it's you should monitor this but once the axle is actively on fire that should instantly radio the crew and say you need to stop this train now something's um, on fire right yes so anyway it went about 20 miles with this car on fire. Um, it got through East Palestine. It, in fact, as far as I'm aware, it got through the second defect detector at East Palestine. Jesus. Um, and the crew got word to stop the train, but it derailed while they were stopping the train, like literally seconds after they got the message to stop the train. Um, so, so if, if the first <laughs> defect detector had worked, it probably would have avoided the incident. Oh yeah, it would have been fine. Yeah, no, nothing would have happened. You would have you've been like, okay, we got to stop the train, we got to extinguish the fire, or the fire might have extinguished itself because it wouldn't have had the friction as yeah. the heat source. Yeah. <laughs> so you said um, you said the hot box was like one of the most solved problems in uh, railway engineering. How exactly? Uh, like I assume that you. You know, because normally the way these things go is the the solution to prevent that is cut as a money saving thing. So, I, how like how simple is the solution for that? So, okay, the biggest source of hot boxes way back in the day was the old form of railroad bearing, the 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 plane bearing or the friction bearing. 
um, which is where you have an axle, right? The axle of the uh, train car. It's in a box. The box is filled with oily rags. That's your lubrication. That obviously caused a lot of fires. Um, this was uh, replaced by the roller bearing uh, starting in the 1930s. Roller bearings did not have hot box problems as frequently, like orders of magnitude less problems. Yeah. Um, so, and this uh, eventually, by the early 90s, we completely outlaw these older types of bearings, uh, the friction bearings. Everything is roller bearings now, and they just don't have the problem very often. Uh, the other old-fashioned way that you, you, you had this, you solved this problem is you had, you know, the caboose, right? Where a guy sits, he looks out over the front of the train, over the whole train, and if he sees it's on fire, he says, we should probably stop the train. Yeah. Um, we don't have that anymore. Now we have something called the end of train device that does a lot of the same stuff. And we have these trackside defect detectors, which are, you know, they're about every 20 miles or so. And, you know, they, they catch these problems. And uh, I, I guess Lee. one of the, hopefully they catch these problems, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. In, this, in this case, for whatever reason, it was not caught. Um, and this could be because of the way they're calibrating the defect detectors. This could be, you know, they just said, ah, the train's 40 miles from the yard. We'll fix it there. You know, it, it, there, there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff that could have happened here. The real question is, why did this defect detector not work? And I think, you know, ultimately the answer is probably going to come out to be, well, there's some kind of cost cutting. We don't know what yet. Yeah. Um, or they were like, uh, maybe we should start ignoring these hazards in the interest of uh, getting the trains out quicker. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, or we'll service right. them less frequently, or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Deferred maintenance, baby. Yes, it's our mm -hmm. favorite. It's it's wild that the uh, this the, the one of the better solutions to this problem is just put an extra guy on the train. Yes, because I, I, like I, I, that can't that can't be in an in a reasonable world that can't be too like heinously expensive a solution. But, well, so this is uh, an interesting one because one of the. Um, we're having some legislation come out of this uh, about improving railroad safety, which is like about increasing fines and stuff like that. Uh, originally, it was going to also uh, in state and federal law that you need two man crews. You need two men in the locomotive. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been taken out now. Now, two man crews are something that demonstrably uh, lessened the severity of this incident, um, because once the train derailed, uh, the conductor ran back, uncoupled all the good cars, and pulled the front half of the train away from the derailment so all that stuff couldn't catch fire. Uh, right. You can't do that if there's just one guy. Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I, I guess part of my thinking on this is, obviously, like, you know, so we've had this thing fail. Um, why it, it, is it a case of like there were signs that it was gonna fail that could have been caught but they got missed because of you know deferred maintenance and all of that like did they cut back on the actual servicing of trains before it left the yard that kind of thing there's some stuff here i know but it's not on the record yet unfortunately um <laughs> damn okay so, so yeah <laughs> but the so um uh, you know, one of one of the one of the big problems uh, that's been identified so far is uh, turns out these defect detectors are completely unregulated. Um, oh, yeah. there, Wait, there's what? no there's no regulation. Yeah, buddy. There's no regulation yeah, at all concerning defect detectors. <laughs> um, it's all entirely at the railroad's discretion. 
So hang on, you could basically be like, hey, um, we, you know those ones that we use to detect bombs in Afghanistan on cars? Yeah, yeah, we've got them, yeah, we've repurposed I mean, those, them. Those yeah, ones, gonna... our water company still used to detect leaks, those ones. Dowsers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to douse the train as it goes past to determine whether yep. it's on <laughs> Yep, fun. more or less. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, you'd think, you'd think there'd be some basic... Well, I suppose no, you wouldn't, right? Obviously, because it's all like you know deregulated and private. Stupid, owned. yeah, yeah. Okay, grand. I'm starting. I'm starting to get the picture here. Um, well, theoretically, theoretically, it's in the railroad's best interest to not put a train on the ground. It's general, generally speaking, the 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 incentive structure here is that the train should stay on the rails, which means. You want the defect yeah. detector to work. So uh, so a perfectly rational actor acting in a market with perfectly <laughs> spherical trains is not yes. going to put any trains on the ground. Got you. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah, bo boggles the mind. So, like, I, I, I also understand that, you know, the trains are quite long, these freight trains. Um, yes. And they've been getting longer. So that's another reason that they're having to rely on technology rather than having a guy at the front and a guy at the back. Like... So, so how long, you know, obviously this is a very broad question and feel free to school our ignorance here, but how long is a typical freight train in the U.S. at this point? So Miles. You, you can get you can get up to uh, I think they get longer as you go farther west. But you might you might see a train that's three miles long right now. Um, Fucking you know, long. but yeah. So, you know, you're talking you know, 150, 200 cars. You're 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 talking these 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 trains have gotten longer and longer, and that's because the railroads are very much uh, they they're obsessed with uh, productivity, right? You want more cars moved with fewer employees, uh, fewer locomotives. Uh, you you want to you, you it's all in service of this thing called the operating ratio, which is essentially you know how much money. How much of every dollar goes back to running the railroad? So if I say I have an operating ratio of 80%, that means 80% of every dollar I bring in goes back to running the railroad. Right now, we're at record low operating ratios of like 60%, um, which is really great for investors. But uh, yeah. railroad workers are not uh, not having a great time with this. And the, the quality of service has suffered. Um, you know, it just sort of... Everything is uh, sort of going downhill, except the pro pro uh, the profit margins. Yeah, but what is what is a few irradiated wastelands in the face of line go up? This is Correct. true. Yes, <laughs> well, I mean, they, good point. They call them investment vehicles for a reason, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is uh, you know, you see you see that train go by, you just see dollar signs. <laughs> right until it derails. <laughs> So the uh, the other thing I wanted to ask was, you said because um, the way the way obviously it appeared to us over here on like seeing news reports was that this one train derailed, um, and then shortly thereafter there was an like another e equally serious incident every twenty minutes for like a few weeks. But what you're saying is that that sort of shit just happens all the time. And... Yeah, that just happens all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, all the time. been happening this, this whole time. Because this one particularly severe incident made the news suddenly, like all the others made the news as well, which is mildly terrifying, it has to be said. Well, the other thing is, um, objectively speaking, uh, the railroads have, they, they have m many fewer derailments than they used to. 
Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we have about, what is it, like 1,000, 1,400 or so derailments a year. Ten years ago, that was like 3,000, uh, which is, you know, 10 a day. Um, <laughs> you know, and a lot of them are very, very minor. But again, all of a sudden, this the, there's been this heightened scrutiny because, um, you know, I, I, I have... I am not not sure what a comparable statistic is or if there's a way to get a comparable statistic. But in other countries, this is not you, you do not tolerate this level of derailment. Yeah. Um, you know, trains trains do not derail this frequently anywhere else in the world. Because um, it seems like they, they would have to be running these like the, the the margins like on running these trains would have to be like absurd for it to be fine to have like 10 derailments a day. And just, uh, just eat that y- as a yeah. cost. Well, I, one of the things is running these trains, the margins are absurd just yeah. because uh, you're running them so long. I mean, since we've um, uh, the management philosophy in the railroad industry right now is something called precision scheduled railroading where, you know, you, you run. Uh. Yeah, yeah, neither precision nor scheduled and barely railroading. Um <laughs> But essentially, the the management philosophy has been, okay, we're going to try and minimize the amount of time train cars spend in the rail yard, which, okay, that's good. Uh, And rather than doing that by running trains faster and better, we're going to run trains longer and worse. Uh, We're going to reduce the amount of time uh, every train is inspected before it leaves the yard. We're going to build the trains in such a way that it's much easier for them to derail. Um, the train. We're gonna fuck over Amtrak yeah. in the purpose in the yeah. process. You also fuck over Amtrak. This is true. I mean, for instance, the uh, the train that derailed in East Palestine uh, was put together in such a way that it was very prone to derailment or pulling apart. Um, in its case, the train actually split itself in half somewhere in Indiana, I believe. Um, just because of the way the train was handled, it, 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 it broke itself in half. Um, you know, and this is, this is what happens when you, you put trains together, not with respect to how the train will handle, right? You put the heavy stuff up front, you put the light stuff in back. Uh, in this case, you are putting the train together in such a way that it's easier to put together and break apart in each yard. It stops optimized. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you have you have situations where the train will, you know, it, it becomes very easy to derail the train by doing absolutely nothing. <clears throat> so, so hang on a second. I just I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. They not only did this train catch on fire and the fire get missed and it actually derail, etc. But before this happened in an adjacent state, it split apart due to like you know momentum being uh, like improperly distributed. Did they like yes. stop and have to stop and put it back together and then keep going? Yeah, they stopped and put it back together and kept going. That's it, it, train splitting apart is not the most uncommon thing in the world. <laughs> just it's just bog- don't you feel safe? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, just, it's really like. <laughs> This is kind of mind-boggling because at no point during this did anyone spot. Hey, that that bearing looks like it's a little bit red hot. Like, damn. Again, uh... I know some stuff that I'm not allowed to say. No, but, but by all means, <laughs> tell us, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> this this might be a point to to plug and say, hey, uh, yeah. ch- check out future episodes of Well, There's Your yeah. Problem, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Like on the on the actual political side of this, because obviously this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? You don't get 
this massive like deregulation and this like squeezing of profit margins and this you know um basically i'm presuming grinding of people's lives into dust as a consequence like i, I heard there's some like there were some union disputes that were going on just until like just before christmas last year mainly because our, our media was bleating about like you know um christmas treats being delayed or something like that did this have anything to do with what's happened or you know it it's incredible how direct of a line between the union disputes and this incident there is um because the unions that were complaining about you know um bad work-life balance they were complaining about you know overwork in general all this stuff not being able to they didn't have time to do their jobs um you know and 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 you look at an incident like this and it's directly caused by all those problems um exactly the thing that the union said was going to happen happened um you know and 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 just looking at the way that they were thrown under the bus by joe biden um is you know and then you know you get your comeuppance only or a small town in ohio gets the comeuppance uh Oof. just a few months later is um you know it's 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 incredible to watch and i i i mean there's you know it, it's just so obvious is the thing i it's it's like it it's there's some kind of i don't know dramatic irony you might want to call it um and uh yet here we are and there's not doesn't look like anyone's going to do anything about it and in fact i believe that the the the, the main effective clause of the legislation they want to pass uh the two man crew rule is being stripped out so you know this is uh ugly I mean, this is this is all very disappointing to hear because i was led to believe that joe biden was the savior of the world he was the greatest president on yeah. labor in history yeah 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 he finally vanquished the orange man who was bad yeah. So. Ah, no. What you see, what he's doing is he's taking um, vengeance against all the people who voted for the orange man, and that's why that's why oh, the yeah. Jesus Jesus like have to suffer. Uh, Those yeah, are the yeah, worst yeah. fucking posts I've seen on Twitter from America this year. Yeah, oh yeah, God, they're fucking yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can't really throw stones here because you see similar shit like, um, you know, post Brexit over here the number of fucking posts online going, you know, fuck the north of England, they all voted for Brexit, they, you know, they get what's yeah. coming to them kind of shit. So it's like, it's a universal disease in the Anglosphere. But uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty Yeah, but as, as an aside, all of the fucking pricks down south who are posting that fuck the north of England, like, they're going to get their fucking heads absolutely battered if it kicks off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will fucking destroy them. I mean, I mean, that's the whole, that's, that's the whole political spectrum right now is, uh, you know, uh, can I make my enemies suffer? I can't do anything right, positive yeah. for right, myself. That's but... Right, that's it. Right, no, you're absolutely right. What, what's, so, what's the problem with Kansas has been updated to be what's the problem with the United States? Love yeah. it. <laughs> so looking towards the future, um, what do you think? Like, is there any sort of uh, big technological solution that's going to make trains much safer? Like replace them with the Cybertruck, which can pull infinite mass? <laughs> For example, <laughs> so this is not eating shit. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting question. I think, especially considering that you know one of the one of the things that has come out is like, well, we need these ECP braking systems, right? Um, and my argument would be that that would make the transportation system as a whole less safe. 
Yeah. Because uh, once you're mandating uh, ECP brakes on these chemical trains, all of a sudden these shippers are um, forced to install ECP brakes on their rail cars because the railroads are not in the business of owning railroad cars anymore. That's yeah. the shippers. It's all leased. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's all, it, everything is leased from like, uh, you know, banks or rail car leasing companies. That's one of the reasons why I think the, the pushback hasn't been as strong as you might have expected. Um, all of a sudden, rather than re-equipping your fleet with these brakes, you might say, well, maybe these railroads have been assholes to me for a long time. They don't deliver my stuff on time, blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'll just ship these horribly dangerous chemicals by truck. Uh, and then rather than getting an East Palestine, uh, you know, once every 10 years, uh, you get a vinyl chloride uh, truck smashing into a farmhouse just off of I-80 like twice a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so this is uh, this is another reason why I push back strongly on the whole ECP mandate. Uh, but that surely, would also... surely you could solve that problem with that hat that detects when the driver's falling asleep and like blares a horn at him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm loving this image yeah. of us actually having, like, you know, hazardous waste being hauled by an Elon Cybertruck and just, like, plowing through, like, a kindergarten or something like that, you know? Like, yeah, and then it, it turns out that, the you know, you, you thought the vinyl chloride was bad. Wait until the battery catches fire. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, what, if, what if Hyperloop, but purely for liquids? <laughs> That's called a pipeline. We already have hyper that. Goop. <laughs> hyper goop. <laughs> yeah, you have it, but is it disruptive? Uh, that's a good point. Yes, will it burst? Would it yes. We could, run, we could run the liquid through the pipeline at 700 miles an hour. <laughs> Into it. Into it. Nord Stream 2 once a world. Uh, I've, been, I've been reprimanded for bringing that up on the pod previously. Yeah. Just totally off topic. I go. I actually got a DM someone going, oh, you can't bring up the Nord Stream 2 stuff. It was it was all disproven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I looked into it, and without naming names, uh, they worked for Bellingcat. So, oh, <laughs> my like, God. You know. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, in terms of technological solutions, we already have all the technology that we need to solve this problem. This, this is a solved problem. This is like, yeah. you know, what you need is, well, in this case, I, I guess most directly, maybe some federal regulation of uh, defect detectors, but you also, what you need is adequate staffing and you need a railroad system that is not oriented for the maximum amount of profit. I mean, if you had, as I mentioned earlier, if you had a cholera outbreak or a smallpox outbreak, you wouldn't say, let's try and find new technology to solve this problem. You would say, take the handle off the pump and yeah. uh, get some vaccines or something for the smallpox. You know, it, this is, the, these, these problems are very solved and, and I, I don't, you can throw as much technology at this problem as you want. The problem is that railroads are run for profit. And as long as they're run for profit, especially in today's, you know, uh, sort of, uh, this has always been true, but you know, today's, uh, you, you really need that shareholder return, uh, to compete with investment on like, I don't know, an app that makes farts or something. Um, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden you need, you need, uh, such high returns that you start to skip on stuff like really basic safety. Um, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, railroads are not in not like tech companies. You know, they they actually have to do something in order to make money. <laughs> um, 
which what investors I'm, I'm don't hearing, like. <laughs> what I'm hearing is this is a golden opportunity for a tech bro to invent some sort of uh, GPT on the blockchain with which to solve the problem of staffing on the railroad. They're, Why not? They're trying. Why not? Give they're... us $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what if, a, what if a chatbot, like, guessed whether the train was on yeah. fire? How accurate would that be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George, you joke, but I'm sure there's yeah. like some AI statistical analysis to try and determine when your trains are going to be on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it'll, it'll just be, it'll yeah. just constantly what? tell you it's on fire. It's like that fucking guy that was like, pretend to be Skynet and yeah. make me be afraid of you. And then it immediately <laughs> did that shit. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 I think the real the solution here, um, unfortunately, you know, is nationalization. That's the only thing you can do if you want to solve this problem is not yeah. to run the railroads for profit um i i am so I, I, i'm very skeptical about stuff like we need much better regulation because and uh well there's your problem episode is coming about uh, out about this shortly railroads have historically subverted regulations in extremely creative ways uh just because they want to um yeah. you know and because it's easier than complying with the spirit of the regulation you can comply with the letter um you know you look at stuff like uh let's say uh, the episode that's going to be coming out is about the naperville wreck of 1949 or 1946 i forget which um it uh yeah was it 49 okay you know that 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 resulted in a regulation that either the railroads had to improve their signaling system or they had to limit all trains to 80 miles an hour well guess one they which one they picked um <laughs> it was 46 my bad yep. it was it's coming up april 25th yeah. yeah and they get yeah they picked just going at 79 which is why yeah. trains suck so much or after yeah. the chatsworth derailment in 2007 8 something like that congress mandated they needed to install positive train control on every main line in the united states uh to improve railroad safety and what they did is they rather than getting a, a signaling system that complied with the regulations off the shelf from like europe like the european train control system uh they they came up with their own stuff so now there's like seven incompatible ptc systems in the united <laughs> states and they all run on <laughs> gps which means they can't actually tell what tra track a train is on um because it's not that accurate um, yeah. So, you know, every time you tell these guys to do something, they're like, yeah, we'll do that. Sure. And then they they they, they, they just do something incredibly fucking stupid. Um, this yeah. is, I, this is why I'm very. Thing, <laughs> if there's one thing like coders love to do, it's create their own standard. Yes. Like, you go, we need we need mm -hmm. a thing to control trains. Go, oh, I've got some great ideas about how to do that. Do you want to look at what anyone else has done? No. No. That would just slow me down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will not be going anywhere. Well, you know, if they uh, if they had um, gone with another system that would have required investing in some infrastructure when instead you could rely entirely on GPS. Ugh. Yeah. Have they, no. have they considered just, like, reclassifying all the lines so they're not main? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that has happened. That, that's, that, that, that's not even... That's 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 not even it a joke. It sounds like a that's, joke, but it is not. No. <laughs> oh, I love innovation. That certainly is a, is definitely a disruptive activity to all the people in town. Those lines are on. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. 
Mm -hmm. So presumably, like, you know, I, I guess the, the last thing is obviously the unions, um, they're like going on strike about this. Like, I heard something about maybe they, they would be on strike. So I guess they're, they're back up in arms again. Yeah. So um, railroad unions are basically not allowed to go on strike owing of to course. the Railway oh, Labor yeah. Act. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is a very old piece of labor legislation. Railroad workers are governed entirely differently from all other labor in the United States. Um, you know, so they are essentially uh, barred from striking until there's like this long arbitrative process. Um, you know, that's what happened last year with the uh, big threatened strike mm. is that only until every other option was exhausted could railroad workers go on strike. And, um, you know, eventually... Uh, leadership managed to convince them not to um you know it's and and, and the uh the presidential emergency board uh well that was the main thing was the presidential emergency board was like yeah no you have to accept this agreement you can't go on strike mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um force them to you know real real fucking friend of labor yeah, yeah it was um so th this this is i don't know if they could go on strike if they wanted to i don't know exactly what you know they would do if railroad workers went on strike because i don't know if you're gonna you're gonna send uh the national guard out to force the workers back in the locomotives at gunpoint i mean the worst case scenario you just get a bunch of pinkertons setting themselves on yeah. fire so yeah. what we would do over here is just get the army to drive the trains i think <laughs> yeah i <laughs> uh, see that this was, is the that thing was genuinely floated yeah this is the thing there's not enough guys to do it there's so many trains <laughs> Or higher age was it? Was it higher agency staff was yeah. another one to replace our drivers that were on strike? They, right, yeah, that so would that would go great. Initially, they were talking about. Initially, they spoke about bringing the army in, and then everyone <laughs> kind of pointed out, "No, that would be really dumb. There's no trains in the army. How would they possibly know?" So then they defaulted to, "Well, obviously, there's trains in some sort of temporary agency work. So yeah, yeah, they oh, get yeah, the train to work. Right. They they'll be able to drive it. It's fine. And Think yeah, and then it. obviously, like all of that fell apart. Get twitched to it. Get Twitch to like in, unveil a new category that's a combination of real life and Microsoft Train Simulator. Yeah, we're gonna get a bunch of kids who are really good at Microsoft Train Simulator out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bombers. So I also heard like separate from all of this, there'd been this whole thing about maybe actually giving your train drivers sick days because we we get sick days. And they get one more sick day. One more yeah. sick day. Yeah. Um, was... our, so. The way the way um, railroad workers sick days work um, had worked for a while is um, essentially you 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 if you drive a freight train um, your schedule is completely arbitrary um, you know what happens is uh, you're on call for a certain amount of time that's most of the time and uh, you have to be glued to your phone you get a call they say you need to come into the yard and take this train. Uh, somewhere else uh, at it, with like two hours notice at any time of day could Jesus. be the middle of the night it could be you know yeah. it's on this is this is the scheduling part of precision scheduled railroading right um, <laughs> none of the trains run on anything that has a semblance of a schedule um, so optimize you're essentially on call 24 7 um, now you do get days off the thing is you don't know their days off until after they've happened <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell yeah and 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 one of the one of the things about this um you know 
forcing the railroads to give workers sick days is that there is already a system for that. It's just it's not uh, well enforced. Like you can you can take time off. You know, you have to schedule it like months in advance, but you can take time off. The problem is the railroad can also just say, you know, two days before your vacation to Europe uh, or somewhere like that. You know, the family's all excited. They can say, yeah, no, you can't take those days off. Um, (laughs) And one of the problems with the union agreement uh, or the agreement that was forced uh, by the presidential emergency board, all this new sick time is sort of subject to the same rules, so it doesn't really matter. Um, (laughs) Love to schedule my sick time off, knowing that I'm going to get the flu in, like, you know, five months' time. Yes. I finally get the flu. (laughs) Right. I finally get the flu, and then I'm told, well, actually, you're not allowed to have the flu right now. Come in. Mm -hmm. Magic. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. Yeah, it's it's an incredible system. Um, The, The people's president... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Greatest labor president in history. <laughs> well, it's okay. I hear that he's locking up the orange man today, so everything's going to be fine. No, it's going to happen tomorrow. Not that it'll matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new frontier in bad fucking posts from America because yeah. I don't want to read these lib fucks. <laughs> off them not about the fucking the Cheeto behind bars or whatever. I just I'm, I don't want it. I'm too tired. That fucking fuck that me. Brooklyn dad cunt is just gonna go off like a fucking car. Yes. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. <laughs> Man, crazy. Well, I, I've got to say, you you've managed. Like we, we opened by talking about dysfunction over here, and in a very microcosm sort of way, I think you've demonstrated that. Like for all that our railroads suck, apparently it can in fact get worse. So uh, oh, it sure can. Yes, buddy. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 Never very very fear. bad over here for workers. Um, you know, it, it's it's bad for it's bad if you have to interact with the railroad in any way. Um, mm-hmm. If you ship on a railroad, it's terrible. If you work for the railroad, it's awful. If you it, it, even even if you just want you just like looking at trains, I yeah. feel like that's getting worse too. Um, <laughs> What you what you should what you should if you're a train spotter you should switch your hobby and instead like start collecting dividends from the railroad. Yes, that's that's, growth, that's, that's been very good. Yeah. yeah, that's that's been that's been an extremely lucrative business. Um, you know the railroads are making so much money right now. That's one of the the irritating things is when you talk about nationalization, you know, and then someone's going to say, well, the railroads are extremely fiscally healthy, and it's like, yeah, yeah, shit. yeah but yeah. they also. They also want to run a train directly into your house and kill you. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> it's like, all about balance, right? Whenever you whenever you talk about nationalization and people go, "Oh, but they make so much money," it's like, yes, that's why they need to be nationalized. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Let's make half as much money and plow it right back into infrastructure. But mm-hmm. no, we can't do that. That's too much like that dreaded communism. Communism. Well, I believe yeah. since yeah. Uh, since uh, twenty ten, the railroads have. Uh, They've 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 uh, paid out about a hundred and ninety billion dollars in stock buybacks and dividends. Jesus, Jesus fuck. fucking Christ! And that's like if you wanted high speed rail from like New York City to Los Angeles, that's about the figure you would be looking at. Um, <laughs> like, you know what? Like, like, fuck this whole Silicon Valley bank. Do they have like a railroad bank that can fall over sometime soon just to fuck with these people? That'd be well, good. The problem with the railroads is all the money they're making is real. <laughs> yeah, no, damn, it's, 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 
it's not fake like Silicon Valley. Like people actually pay them to perform services. Um, I think it. by some measures, the Class One railroads are the most profitable businesses in the United States. Just because, again, it's they they actually make a profit. They don't like rely on weird investment tricks. Um, yeah. yeah. So less we we used to build shit here has become we now move shit here, and that's yes. profitable. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I guess to, to, to do the whole burn after reading thing, what have we learned, if anything, from all of this? Nationalize the fucking railroads. You just gotta yeah. nationalize the railroads. This is a public service. It serves a public interest. It's, it's um, you know, you, you, you can't let them keep getting away with all this shit. Um, you know, this these are... This business is not able to be regulated in a conventional sense. I mean, these no. these railroads are so old and so institutionally enmeshed. I mean, you know, they were here before you were born. They will be here long after you die unless you just nationalize them. Um, you know, you, 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 you can't, like, take something with this amount of institutional momentum and expect to say there's going right. to be some quick fixes on here and you know we're gonna we're gonna have a better regulated industry they've resisted regulation successfully They're for do it, more right? than 200 years um <laughs> yeah Damn. oh well well i i guess uh i guess that answers that then um mm. everything's shit and nothing's getting better anytime soon but the solutions yes. are obvious so you know yep I guess, Just the uh, way we used to. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The more yeah. things change. Right. Well yep. thank you. Yeah. Thank you both for coming on. That was uh oh, no problem. Us. it's always a pleasure. And that was uh, yeah. mm-hmm. ending ending very, on a high en- note here. Um, yeah, a very enlightening yeah. uh, hour of discourse there. <laughs> Uh, I will. I will also mention that uh, if, if 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 folks are more are interested in sort of the the left end of the discourse here, uh, you should probably follow Railroad Workers United on Twitter, or at least read their stuff because that that this is sort of the the left caucus in the railroad unions, which uh, is pushing for things like railroad uh, nationalization and stuff like that. So you know that that, that those, those are the people to look for. Uh, is Railroad Workers United. Um. And if our listeners want to learn more about, you know, terrible accidents that have happened through the rails, would you happen to know a podcast you could recommend for us that might have that kind of information? No, fuck off. (laughs) 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 I listen to, uh, well, there's your problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. It's on YouTube and it's on Podbean. And it's wherever fine podcasts are sold. It has yeah. Liam and myself on it. Um, and Alice. And Alice, yes. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's very cool. good. Yeah, hard to recommend. Okay, okay. Um, cool, that's, uh, that's it from us then. You can get us, um, PraxisCast, on Twitter. It is twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast for the streams, which I think will be returning to normality soon-ish. Um, just keep an eye on the Twitter for that. Yeah. And you can get merch at, at praxiscast.tmail.com. And we will see you all later on. Aye. Yeah. All right. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. All right.